As you know, we started September 19th and we talked about we fight for the plan, staying connected to who God's called you with. Then we went on the next week and we talked about watching for the plan, praying like Anna and Simeon, listening to the divine utterance, pray that that bold utterance would come from the pulpit and what comes up out of your spirit and then what comes in by the preached word, they'll meet in the middle and what I say will confirm what God's been dealing with you about. And then you stand on a wall and you watch for that and you call for that and you don't let it fall to the ground. And you say, Father, I'm, I'm putting a demand that you this, what you've called this church to do what you've called me individually to do because remember you're connected to the church so what you've called me in this church to do lord i might have a uh, you know i might have a business it might not have anything from that perspective to do with the church but it all is connected so what you've called us to do will come to pass we call for those miracles we call for that favor we call for that forty thousand. we call for that oasis to be paid we call for that glory center we call for the international works and you stand on the wall and you say god i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna so to speak bug you day and night because it says hold your do not hold your peace and give the lord no rest isaiah 62 verse 6 give him no rest that means you're supposed to be calling on him and not giving him a break Jesus even said the unjust judge will yield to the person that keeps knocking. And they're unjust. How much more your heavenly father who's just for the people that call and press for things. So we got to call and press for it. You got to fight for staying connected where God's planted you. You got to fight for the plan. You got to watch for the plan and not give up calling for it and believing that it will happen. Praise God. You got to agree with it because you might not understand it all. It might seem impossible to you. Seems impossible to me. Praise God. I've been, pra- I've been working out this week to get faster runner. I want to be a faster runner because when I'm with happy in Tibet, whoever runs fastest lives. Praise God. <laughs> I don't understand how this is all going to work. All I know is that he said, agree with me. Agreement is faith. When you don't feel something, your body is racked with something and you just say, I agree with the healing power of God and I receive it now. That's faith. That's not looking at what you feel and the impossibility of what the doctor says. And well, you don't have a job and things are looking bad, but God's got a plan that he's working for you and it's going to be okay. But you just say, I agree and I receive, I receive that increase. I receive that job. I receive what I need, Father. That's faith. I don't understand how the glory center is going to come. I just say, I agree with it. And I receive it by faith. It'll all come. All the, all the people that we need will come. All the money that we need will come. I don't know how it's going to happen. Sometimes I think, God, you should have asked, you should have called a smarter man because I'm not, I mean, I'm detailed and I can organize things, but I don't understand how this is going to happen. Then I heard Pastor Nancy once say, if God, if you could understand what God called you to do, then he wouldn't have called you. Because if you can understand it, then you'd try to do it yourself and he wouldn't get any credit. He, he, on purpose, he doesn't, he understands that you're a little bit daft. He he, he called us knowing that we can't get it all. And that's actually a good thing because faith doesn't have to understand it all. I'm sure Peter couldn't understand the physics of stepping out of the boat, but he just agreed. And then when he got his eyes on what didn't match, then he stopped agreeing. And what happened? And Jesus said, where's your faith? Praise God. Just keep your eyes on me. If you just kept looking at me, keep eyes on and Jesus, the author and finish of our faith. You just, if you just kept looking at me, Peter, it, this miracle would have maintained. It would have, it would have been fine. But you see, you're looking at all the natural things. That's why you're stumbling. See, Abraham did not consider his own body being dead or 100 years old or the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not consider that because if he had of the Bible says he would have stumbled in unbelief. That's right. Amen. So when you look at how impossible it is, you will stumble. But when you just, he was strong in faith doing what? Giving glory to God. How do you stay strong in faith? Praise. Father, I praise you. 
It'll all come. It'll all come. I don't know how, but I agree. It'll all come. See, I'm doing that corporately, but you do that privately. Do that over your business. Do it over your children. Hallelujah. Praise God. Some of you parents wake up in the middle of the night and they've got a fever. There's got, before you panic, just lift your hands and say, Father Jesus, you took it on your cross and I agree that it was done and I receive it now. I take my healing in Jesus' name. I'm authority over this child. I lay my hands on them and I say, recover Amen. and expect it. Amen. You'll see it works. You'll see it works if you believe it. But I don't really believe it, Pastor. That's why you're not, you're not in the word enough. You're on your social media. You're on the television. You're cooking. You're doing all that. I'm not saying not to do those things, but you need to get the word so in you that it makes you believe. The word makes you believe. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the revealed word. Get the word until it's revealed to you. When you see it inside, you'll see it outside. I see it. I see that revelation of healing. You'll see that manifest in your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we've been talking a little bit about this, this thing that we call the plan. And we've been fighting for it and watching for it and agreeing with it and then praying for that plan. And I'm not going to repeat what I've said because it would take too long. I need to get to the, the last bit of new information today. But on September 13th, the Lord said this is going to be a unique service. It was Monday night, the sixth of eight classes in our Bible school. And the Lord said, I, I want you to, he told me what to do, which we're going to do now in a second. He said, I want you to listen to something. So we listened to it. It's Kenneth Hagin. And then he said, uh, he said, and then I want you to pray. And anointing is going to come on you to pray. Now, he didn't explain all of it to me. But, I mean, when I got up there, man, and a different kind of anointing came on me. I don't think I've ever experienced that in my life. It was so intense. It was so overwhelmingly powerful. My physical body couldn't, I couldn't handle it for very long. Within about 15, 20 minutes, I was physically drained. The anointing was so strong. Let me tell you something about the anointing. A lot of people don't know this, but the, there's different kinds of anointings, but some anointings drain you and some anointings uh, energize you. And I don't understand how that works, but sometimes doctor, doctor, he would get at times tired, but at other times he'd get so wired, he'd be up till four in the morning. He just couldn't sleep. That anointing just charged him. And at other times, you know, it, it drains you. Depends on what kind of anointing is flowing through you. Dad Hagen at different times would have such a strong anointing, it would kill the batteries in his watch, it would kill the batteries in his microphone pack. The, the anointing on him, they would put brand new batteries in within a, whatever short time, the batteries are dead. His watch battery would die. That anointing just pulled, it's, I don't know how to explain that, but it, it would happen, that happened many times, it happened with Dr. Dufresne as well. The anointing is a unique, the, the manifestation of the Holy Ghost on people is, is supernatural. Do you understand? And so there's different kinds of anointings, but that anointing was so strong on that night, that Bible school night toward the end of the service, that it, it drained me. I mean, I, I felt, I felt I, it was beyond, I, I just couldn't. My, the, it was such a force of power going through me. I couldn't take it for more than about 20 minutes. I had to stop just out of the natural. I had to stop. I couldn't take it. it was, not every anointing is like that, but that anointing was. And that's the night, I won't go into all of it again, but that's when Jenny was under a tremendous attack and she was sick. And she wanted to go home and the Lord said, don't. And then she stayed and thank God during that time, she opened her eyes, God opened her eyes in the spirit. She saw me move in a certain way, like a bull in a whirlwind and miracles starting to pop. And she thought I had physically done it because she saw me do it with her physical eyes open. But I never did that action at all. I don't know what she was talking about when she got to the back room. And I realized she was seeing into the realm of spirits and God was showing her the future of what it would look like, even though it didn't happen that night, but she saw me do it that night which was a supernatural experience. But that came because of that anointing. That came because of what we were talking about. 
And, and then the Lord said to me, I'm doing this tonight. It's, it was marked for the overlap season, which starts Q4, J- October 1st, which is the big, basically our anniversary service. The last three months of every year, the pattern with us is, not everybody, but the pattern with us is at our anniversary service, give or take. The, God starts dealing with me and showing me things about the next year. It's like an, the last quarter is like an overlap in today. He'll give me an hors d'oeuvre or a taste of what's coming. But it's never once happened before October 1st. This is the first time that ever happened. It was September 13th. And I said, Lord, and he said, this is part of the overlap. But I said, Lord, the overlap doesn't start till October 1st. Why are you doing it now? He said, because of the honor of the students, they came to spend eight weeks, three hours each week to listen and study and learn and show respect for the gifts of the spirit. And because of their hunger, I'm going to do this early because I want them involved I want them involved in them to know that on record, a date of beginnings was September 13th in the spirits. He gave me a taste of that anointing that's coming to pray for miracles. That's why he did it that. Now listen, anybody can pray, but when the, but you, (laughs) there's things that people don't understand certain things. I'm I'm trying to help you understand certain things. Anybody can pray about anything at any time, but when God assigns you to pray for a certain task, there are special anointings that have to come on you for that task. Now you can pray with your own general, normal, common anointing and the Holy Ghost will honor that and, and, and we don't just wait for some special anointing and then while well, I don't have that so I won't pray, that's a cop out. We always pray, but when you've yielded to the common anointing, so to speak, and you're doing the best that you know to do, but God's timing comes into play. And the right person at the right time for an assignment, there will be an an unusual or a specialty or an assigned anointing to come for you to accomplish that task. And isn't that amazing that even that we don't get credit for? We can't make it happen, but we we can't even really pray for it to happen without his help. So it's like he authored it and he communicated to it, us, uh, to us. And then at the right time, he anointed us to prepare for it and to birth it. And then when it actually happens, his power is this thing that does that. So for any minister anywhere in the world that has a move of God to stand up and say, look what I've done would be, a, would be an absolute shame because they didn't, it wasn't even their credit. They couldn't even pray for it. Even if we can all pray, don't get me wrong. You don't need that special anointing. You can all pray and God would expect people to pray with the anointing they've got. Just just what is in their own life. But I'm telling you, there is a season that comes where God says, okay, you've been faithful with what you have, but now I'm going to make you ruler over more. I'm going to give you true riches. One of the reasons that God's doing this in this church, because this church tithes. One of the reasons he does it with me is because I'm a tither. He knows he can trust me with the little things of money. He knows I'm not going to take advantage of it. He knows I'm not going to rob and steal from the ministry. He knows that I'm honorable when it comes to that. He knows that everything that comes in, I tithe on everything that comes in. Well, people give me a, 50, a dollar, I give 10 cents. I mark it down. Everything that comes in personally, everything that comes into this church. So God knows that we're trustworthy in that area. And that's why he said, if you can't be faithful, he was talking about money. If you can't be faithful in what is another man's financially, then I can't give, make you, give you true riches. True riches is the higher anointings. Yeah. So you want a higher anointing, be faithful with money. Nobody that is not a tither will ever get a higher anointing, ever. It's not possible. Because you can't be faithful in the little things of your own income. You'll never get a higher anointing. But I'm not, I'm not interested in things out there as much as I am the higher anointings and the higher things of the Spirit. I want God to trust me with the little things I'm doing so he can give me more. 
That's what I'm interested in. And I hope that's what you're interested in. And so he has watched for a season and said, you've been faithful in the little financial. Now I can give you a higher anointing. You've been faithful with the anointing you have in the little. Now I can give you more. And so he said on that day, this fresh anointing, this new anointing from heaven has come. And it's because you have to, are you listening? That, that teaching, the teaching of eight weeks of it's time for miracles. Um, and I was supposed to talk about all nine gifts. I could only get through the three power gifts. And we focused on miracles. We, th- th- there is miracles in the gift of faith. There, there is a folk God who's emphasizing in the spirit, not just in the services, but in the spiritual realm, which was happening in the Bible school. But he was empty because it's still the pulpit. Whether you're here or not, doesn't matter. Things from the pulpit are still, are still going out into the spiritual realm. Whether it's a course that you pay for or a free service, if I'm under in that pulpit in my office under that anointing, it doesn't really matter what the venue is. Things are going to be spoken and vision. and is, We're dealing with things. Things are coming out by the Spirit. And for 24 hours, three times eight is 24. For 24 hours, we put an emphasis by the Holy Ghost on the power gifts. And God started to show me this is not just coincidence that you're teaching on this. And it's not just coincidence that it's the biggest Bible school class you've ever had. 25% of the congregation showed up every week. It's not just coincidence. It's because this time is coming. And when I read the, the prophecies to you last week, do you remember? By William Branham and by Dad Hagen and by Sumrall about Wigglesworth. Do you remember I read you those prophecies? The time is coming. Jesus said this last day move, it would be marked by the working of miracles. The time is coming for miracles. So he said, emphasize it by teaching it. So revelation would come. But now that we've obeyed that, see, nothing comes if you don't obey. We have to be faithful with the little of teaching it. Congregation had to be faithful with the little of coming and being showing interest in it. And I'm telling you, God watched. If we had 10 people come, that anointing wouldn't have come. Because when people on mass show honor, God pays attention and he goes, they're ready. Maybe not everybody came and not everybody could come for legitimate reasons. We couldn't fit everybody in anyway. Some people work. Some people have legitimate reasons. I'm not attacking anybody. I'm just saying God saw the hunger. And that 25% were representatives of the rest of you. So you should thank them. (laughs) They were representatives of the rest of this church. They were seed. They were seed people. Father, I'm here to sow seed, to show you on behalf of this congregation that we're interested in power. And God paid attention because he came to me. I didn't go to him. He came to me. And he said, this will be a different night, September 13th. I'm doing it early before the overlap officially starts to honor these students because this, what you've been teaching is what is to come. What you, you've, been, you've, been, you've been learning and getting revelation about the future because you're going to need this kind of power for where we're going. And so, but here's, the, here's, the, here's the, the real core. It's yes, it's not just that we need miracles. That's kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, I don't mean to be insulting, but that's kind of one dimensional. We know that we need miracles. The Bible says you just need to have, be able to read and you can see that we need miracles. You look at society and you can tell we need a higher power shown in the church. And not just in the services, but in the grocery store and the gas bars and everywhere we go. We need a higher measure of power. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. So we know that, that's simple. But what was revelatory to me on that night when Dad Hagen was talking about it, which is I'm going to play you in a second, what what really gripped me and showed me a greater, deeper dimension of this is not just that we need the miracles, but how we get the miracles. And I realized desiring them is not enough. It's part of it. If you earnestly covet the gifts, they'll show up. So desiring them is part of it, but it's more than just a desire because I've had a desire for years. It's having an anointing from heaven to pray for those miracles because it's teaching them is important and it's one dimension. Desiring them is important and it's another dimension, but you need something else for them to start to work. 
And that what you need is to pray for them. But you can't just pray for them just generally. There's got to be a glory of heaven that's on your soul that allows you to pray in a way that you otherwise couldn't because God is literally giving you an ability to pray in a way that you've never been able to pray before. And when he comes on you that way, and I got an hors d'oeuvre, I got a taste of it that night. That is what's going to cause this thing to break forth in the future. And so he said, teach on it. Teach on. He gave me all four. Teach on. When I was a pastor Nancy, teach on. Fight for the plan. Teach on watch for the plan. Teach on agree with the plan. Teach on pray for the plan. I thought it would be four weeks, but this last one I've been taking my time on, so it's gone into six weeks. But we have to pray. And, and when I just say that, start with where you're at with the, with the anointing, so to speak, that you have. Just start with your simple, basic, common flow of prayer. And if you'll be faithful to it, you'll see a stronger thing will start coming on you. Now, now then the next two weeks later, we prayed again, and it was 50% strong on me. And I was disappointed. I thought I'd done something wrong. And I went home and I was grieved and I said, Lord, why was it so strong on the 13th, but on the 26th, it was half strong. And, and I thought I, I had missed it. And he said, no, you haven't missed it. He said, I told you it's a taste in the overlap season of what is to come. And it is a sign for the year 2022. You can step into it in these three months and you'll have a measure of it, but you won't have the fullness because there's timings with God. He's very specific. He's very specific. And when he has assigned something for a certain time, he might give you an adverb and a taste to get you familiar with it, but he won't douse you with it until the time comes. That's why the Bible often says, in the fullness of time, in the fullness of time, it came to pass. There is a fullness of time. Time has to become full on certain subjects for God's hand to move. We're not in the fullness, but we're almost the cup's nine-tenths full. But in 2022, it's the fullness of time to pray for miracles. But he's giving us a taste and I'm preaching it to you now so that you'll, you'll, be, you'll have some knowledge about it. You'll know what God is doing in this church. Yes. Glory to God. And, I, and I, I'm just saying, we, we're not going to see what you, we all talk about, what the preachers talk about, what Dad Dufresne talked about. You're not going to see these prophecies that Branham and Wigglesworth, and, and you're not going to see it come to pass if we don't pray. It's not enough just to say, oh, well, that's great. You'll just live your regular life. Nothing will change. There's got to be something that is invested. There's got to be a spiritual investment. What is prayer? It's a spiritual investment. But even to pray this kind of praying with this kind of intensity takes God's divine grace and hand and anointing on you to do it so that you can't take credit and go, look what I did. I mean, God did use us. Without us, it wouldn't have happened, but it was because of that anointing that came on us. So we can't really ever get big heads and get arrogant. We've got to stay humble because we're just an instrument. We're an extension of heaven. We're like the rod of Moses. God's like Moses and we're the rod and he, we're an extension of his hand on the earth. But he wants to use us and he wants to see power come that will rack. I remember what Branham said, it will rock and rock and rattle the world. God's going to drop a bomb of Holy Ghost power and it's going to shake and rattle the world. I need some of these devilish people to have their brains moved. I need them to see miracles. I need them to see arms grow out. I need them to see dead people get up. I need them to see demons come out with a scream. They need to see it. I saw somebody sent me a little while ago a picture of a woman going to grocery. It was on the grocery store camera. So it wasn't doctored or anything. And, and you see her go. And I don't know what it was. It was some kind of curse or witchcraft thing. I don't know. And don't even think about that nonsense. Just don't even think about it. The devil's got power, but you, Bible says, don't you get your mind on that. Meditate on what is holy and good, not on what is evil. 
They've got power, but we've got more power. Yeah, he got a snake, but I got a bigger snake. Do you remember Moses? And anyway, she, whatever that was, she touched this thing and, 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 and this power force. I mean, you could see boxes on the aisles fall. Like, it was like a power surge. Like, like, you know, when a bomb goes off and there's like a, like a wave of power, like, like that. And when she touched this item, she got demon possessed instantly. I don't know how that happened. Don't ask me. I'm just saying it was freaky. She touched that thing, she fell down, she began to writhe, and this, like that, went, and you see all the boxes were falling down everywhere, like this power surge went out. And she is totally, she's screaming, she's contorting, she's, male voices are coming out of her mouth. She's being demonized. And people are coming in stores, and, they, they and one person touched, and he fell back. That demon knocked him back. And, and people are calling 911, and they don't know what's going on. And I heard the Holy Ghost when I watched that. I heard him in my heart say, what would you have done if you were there? Because we're called, Rob, I don't mean this in an arrogant way or a weird way, we're called to be heroes. Heroes for Jesus. Maybe a better way to say it is we're called to be rescuers. Because they are bound in the bondages of hell and darkness and torment and evil. And we've been given power. And I'm, I'm telling you, when he said that, I don't know how to explain this to you, but when he said that to me and I answered him, it didn't happen until I answered him, I said, if I was there, God, and you didn't tell me not to, I would have got into the fray. And when I said that, I felt that anointing come on me. Now, it's just, it was just as a sign to me, because I'm not there and I can't do anything. But it was a sign to me, almost like he was saying, good answer. Yeah. And if you did jump into the fray, this is what, you, this is what would have, it would have felt like. <sighs> that power comes up. When that gift of faith comes, I mean, you can do anything. But that's, that, that, those days are, are going to happen. We're in front of all these people with their nonsense doctrines. And their darkened minds. And their gender this and gender that. Let them, let them have it. I'm not there to argue with people. I'm there to preach the truth. I'm not there to make enemies. I'm there to preach the truth, which will make enemies. But I'm not there to hurt anybody. I'm just here to preach the truth. But what's going to change it is not all my messages against their, against their beliefs. What's going to change it is when they see people like that and you say, I said, come out. And that thing leaves them. And they stand up with the face of an angel and they lead, you lead them in the sinner's prayer and they start praying in other tongues right there in the grocery store. And everybody that was calling the police looks in wonderment and awe and says, who are you? That's right. Why do you think that all the superhero movies are, have come out? Why? Do you think that's coincidence? Man, mankind is looking for something of supernatural power. They don't know how to express it. They don't know how it looks. So they make a man that can do this and fly and have ear things come out of his eyes and can lift up trucks and, and can run really fast, the flash. I'm telling you, people mock it. But why do you think they're creating these? Because society, why do you think the Marvel movies make more than almost any other movie, even though they're awful acting? Because society is starving for supernatural power. They want it. There's a void. Bring me a human that has some kind of gift. And now they're branching off with witchcraft movies. And now they're branching off with the coven here. And the this there. And, the, and this person with supernatural abilities. And all the X-Men series was all based on that concept. Yes. Because people are looking, is there anybody out there that can do something more than what's normal? 
Why do you think they're asking for that? Because they're groaning to see the church manifest itself. We are the Marvel movies. We are, I'm telling you. The church is to fill that void. The church is to say, let me show you what heaven looks like. This is power. I'm telling you. They don't know how to articulate it, Greg. So they're trying with all these movies to try to... And then, of course, there's a darkened side with all the horror. 25% of all movies today are made that are horror. Totally demonized. Because the, the Marvel side of the superheroes is the fluffy kid stuff. But then you've got a much darker side. Because they're also looking for power. And they're fascinated with haunted houses and demons and people taken over by the devil. And whether they're darker or whether they're just good-hearted people, we've got to show them power. We got to. Praise God. I'm telling you, we've got to. Joe Joe Siegel preached an entire message, which we all made fun of him for. But he preached a whole message about that verse. I think it's in Micah, wherever it is, that it says, and there are horns coming out of the father's hands. And in the horns were lightning flashes, for they were horns of power. And he said, we have the power of God coming out of our hands. He said, lay hands and they shall recover. And then he said, I'm an iron man because he's got power coming out of his hands. And so he was going on in a sermon to make everybody laugh about, that's the real iron man is the church with horns of power coming out of their hands. But he was onto something because that's what people are looking for. Praise God. Hallelujah. And you won't believe it, but it's the darn truth. I'll tell you that. Pastor Nancy emailed me a little while ago and she said, Pastor Craig, I saw a picture of you when you were younger. And then she sent me a picture of me and beside me was Robert Downey Jr. And she said, my God, you're almost exactly the same. And she said, but you're better. And I texted her back and I said, Mama, you've just fed my arrogance tank for a whole year. And I said, does that mean I really am Iron Man? Does that mean I really am? She said, amen, brother, as you, according to your faith. <laughs> Praise God. I don't know why I said that, but anyway, I just thought I'd tell you that. Praise God. Hallelujah. We've got to learn how to pray. We can't have this power. We can't be these rescue heroes without the power of God with us. You can't do it if you don't tithe. You can't do it if you're unforgiveness. You can't do it if you're sinning and sexing everything that that's moves. Right, that's right. You can't do it. I don't know if that's a word, but I've made it up. If you're sexing everything that moves, you can't do it. You've got to live think clean. You've got to write. You've got to think clean. You've got to speak clean. You've got to have clean relationships. Not perfect, but clean. You've got to be right with your money, right with your brothers and sisters. You've got to treat your mother and father right. You've got you to walk in love. You've got to honor. You've got to be hungry. There's a few criteria. Meet the criteria, you'll get the power. Praise God. The power is coming, Jennifer. I'm telling you, the power is coming. I saw it on that day. You saw it in that, in that whirlwind power where miracles started popping. It's coming, but that, see, he didn't just show you what was going to come. He showed me, he showed you what was coming, what it looked like, but he showed me how to get it. Amen. How to get it is to get that anointing to pray. You gotta, we got to pray that out. We, if we don't pray that out, it won't show up. And it's coming. It's, it's coming in a measure now, but it's coming next year. You better watch out. It's coming. If you're hungry, it will come on you. I'm hungry. That's why it comes on me. But it doesn't just only come on me. It can't only come on me. It's got to come on anybody that's hungry and preferably everybody. Could you imagine if we're all in our prayer closets praying with that anointing? Could you imagine what's going to happen when you go to the grocery store? Could you imagine what happens when you go here and go there? It'll just start to pop. Then we won't even have to ask you, can you invite somebody? They'll just be begging you, where do you go? Can I please come? 
I don't know what it is about you, but you're like, something's weird about you. You're something's, what is that about you? Hallelujah. So I wanted to talk about praying for it. And I promised the Lord would be done today. But it just might be that we need a seventh part. We don't even like number six. That's the devil's number. So maybe it's good that we finish with part seven because that's God's number. But I'll just see how far I can get. Let's have Pastor Happy. That's not the right time to be laughing right now. Because remember, I run faster than you. Would you play this recording, please, of Kenneth Hagin? I want you to hear. It's about nine minutes, but I want you to hear what he says. It's not a video. It's an audio. But please pay attention because this is what we played in that Bible school just before that anointing came. Somebody said that's not for us nowadays. Well, who said so? I say, who said so? Well, now, some folks come up with this brilliant, supposedly brilliant calculation. Well, if it was, we'd have it. Well, if God says it's so, we ought to have it. Well, why don't we have it then? Because we're not meeting God's conditions. That's why we're not. What did God say? God said, covet these things. Then if we don't have them, I'm not talking about me or you or Brother Sprague or Sister Sprague or some minister. I'm talking about us as a group. I'm talking about as believers. I'm talking about as the real body of Christ. You know, we just, when we meet together as a body, you can see one another, but there is an invisible body of Christ of believers everywhere, bless God, who have been born of God. But now listen to me. It's because we're not coveting and desiring these things. But I'm thoroughly convinced that as we covet these things and desire these things, that they will be more in manifestation than they have been. And I'll be honest with you, lately... In my own private prayers, I seem to be impelled. Now, I don't mean that I'm forced. It it is more than just a leading. It is more than just an impression. I seem to be impelled or constrained, and I find myself almost unconsciously praying this way. Not that I would have them or they'd be manifested through me, but that these power gifts would be in manifestation. And somewhere or another, I seem to, to sense in the Spirit that God is wanting in this day this working of miracles gift to be in operation more than some of the others. Well, now it's not going to come just because we sit around and talk about them and sort of hopefully wish that it might be so. He said to desire spiritual gifts. Well, now, you know just as well as I know that if anybody desires anything, they're going to make some effort toward that direction. Amen. Amen. Covet, he said, spiritual gifts. Now, covet means about the same thing. Actually, the word covet, according to the dictionary, means to desire earnestly. To desire earnestly. Again, Paul said desire spiritual gifts. He said covet spiritual gifts. Desire earnestly. That means being earnest about it. I think a lot of people have a lot of desires, but they're not very earnest about it. But he said to desire earnestly these things. Let's desire that these things would be made manifest among us. Praise God. Let's covet them as a body, as a group, as believers. And let's pray. Let's pray. It'll be all right to pray. That the mighty Holy Ghost will manifest himself among us. Dividing to every man several as he will. Let's pray that this special faith, working of miracles, 
and gifts and healing, uh, gifts of healings, these power gifts will be more in prominence or in operation than they have been in our midst. Now, I want to show you something, and I think I can in conclusion here. I want to show you real quickly uh, that, that, that it would be scriptural to pray that way. Now then, turn with me real quickly to the fourth chapter of Acts. Because if I can find precedent for anything in God's Word, I know it's safe to follow. Amen. Now here in the fourth chapter of the Acts, you remember in the third chapter of the Acts that Peter and John went into the temple through the gate called Beautiful, the hour of prayer, and that there was a man there who was crippled from birth who had never walked. And he was sitting there, he sat there daily, begging alms. And he looked at Peter, you know, and them, you know, wanting them to give him something, you know, like a beggar sitting by a street corner somewhere today. And, and Peter looked at him and fastened his eyes upon him and said, Look on us. And he looked on them, expecting to receive something of them. He said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And the man rose up and walked. Now the man was healed. This is healing. It's not working a miracle, it's healing. But now then I want you to notice something. They were arrested. They were taken in question. They were threatened, commanded to preach and teach no more in the name of Jesus. And being let go, now this is Acts 4, 23 now. I just re 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 related to you what happened there in the third chapter and up to the 23rd verse, fourth chapter. Being let go, they went into their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And then they, the whole company of believers, lifted their voice. All of them prayed at once out loud. You know there's power in praying that way? Amen. They lifted their voice to God in prayer and said, Now, Lord, behold their threatenings and so on. They just told the Lord about what all was going on. And if you come down to the end of their prayer, here's the way they concluded their prayer. Now grant that thy servants Amen. shall be enabled to speak thy word with boldness by stretching forth thine hand to heal the sick. Well, see, this man had been healed, but that's not all they want. Thy hand to heal the sick and the signs and wonders. Hallelujah. Well, now, that, that, that word translated wonders there is the same one here. This, that's the working of wonders or miracles. the same Greek word, see. And signs and wonders, see. In other words, they're separating signs and wonders from healings, aren't they? Aren't they? Aren't they? Even though healing could be a sign or a wonder either, but yet right on the other end, they're separating the two. Now notice what they said. Grant that thy servants shall be enabled to speak thy word with boldness, and that signs and wonders shall be wrought in the name of the Holy Child Jesus. They were praying that these things would happen. Hallelujah. It's all right to pray that it happen. Hallelujah. If it's all right to pray that it happened then, and if they happen as a result of their praying, and thank God they did because you come right over into the fifth chapter of Acts, and I want to show you. And it talks about the answer to their prayer, and it tells you two different things that happened. It tells you, first of all, that by the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were wrought among the people. And then, and so this has to be something different, then it talks about healings that happened. Because it said that the shadow of Peter fell upon the sick and healed him. It already said by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought. But now then, there's, there's, here it said that, that they brought the sick from the cities and villages around Jerusalem and laid them out on the street. If by any means the shadow of Peter might fall upon them, and as many as his shadow fell upon were healed, every one. Now, isn't that right? All right, then. That in the fifth chapter is the fulfillment of their praying in this fourth chapter. All right? If they prayed, and that's the way they prayed, that these things would come, and that they did come, then we ought to do it. 
It ought to just come automatically then. Can you see that? Now then again, let me point out a little side thought here before we close. If it worked like a lot of people thought it did, you see, now there's no doubt about what this was a manifestation of God's power through Peter and John now. There's no doubt about that. See, because Peter said, you know, why look on us, talking about here and Peter and John, the more our own holiness or righteousness or power we'd made this man to walk. Now, it, it, we know this was a manifestation of God's power here, supernatural manifestation through them to this man in bringing healing to him, to his crippled condition. Yet right on the other hand, though God used them along that line and continue to do so, if this worked that way in that you could do it as you will, then the way they would have prayed, would God, you help Peter and John to continue to use what they've got? You see, and it would have brought forth the results. But you see, they recognize that these are manifestations that are manifested as the Spirit wills and that you just don't carry gifts of the Spirit around with you to push your button when you want to and start it operating and that you've got to continue to pray. See? And so they prayed, Grant that thy servant shall be enabled to speak thy word with boldness by stretching forth thine hand to heal the sick and that signs and wonders. They're praying for healings, but they're praying that the working of miracles would be in manifestation also. And they're praying that the gift of faith would be in manifestation too because, you see, the gift of faith would receive some things that could be a sign and the working of miracles would do some things that would be a sign and a wonder. Then it's all right, and that's what we ought to do. I want to encourage you to start doing it right now. Daily. Don't just do it once and quit it. But daily, you pray that way. Lord, these manifestations are for us today. You haven't taken them out of the church. You said these gifts are given to the church. They belong to us. We ought to have them. Now, we pray that they'll be in manifestation. And especially, the, we know something about and use these gifts of vocal gifts more than the others. And I'll tell you why when we get to them. But let's have these manifestations. Let's covet them. Let's desire them. Praise God. I'm thoroughly convinced that that's what God wants in this hour. Amen. Is that this working of miracles will be more in prominence than either one of the other two, as far as that's concerned. Because you just think what an astonishment that would be. An explosion of almightiness and something. You just think what it'll do to some dead churches and you just think what it'll do for some dead unbelievers. Praise the Lord. I just wanted you to hear Grandpa talk about it. Amen. Because he's like our Grandpa in the faith, in Jesus' name. As I close, because we will have to finish this up because I've got some more to share with you, but time is far spent. But as I close, I just want to explain to you that there's a, there's a few different ways that God heals. We talked about that for eight weeks in the Bible school. So if you really want to learn it, then get the Bible school. You can listen to it at home. It will teach you some stuff. But, but basically, when I go to somebody, Brother Greg, and let's say me as a minister, and I have a special healing anointing that God gave me, and Dr. Dufresne confirmed it, and Pastor Nancy confirmed it, and other ministers have confirmed it, but that's because I'm a fivefold minister. That regular people don't have, necessarily have that kind of special anointing for healing. But everybody has authority. Everybody has the name of Jesus. Everybody has an anointing for healing. It may not always be a fivefold office special anointing, but it is still an anointing. So let me just say, let me just forget the fact that I'm a preacher. I'm just a regular Christian. I'm not a minister. I'm not a fivefold person. I'm just a person going around. I'm a member of Promise of Life, and, I'm a, and, I, and I bring my supply, and I'm going about my day, and all of a sudden there's somebody that I encounter that needs healing. And we all figure, see that whether you minister to them or not, there's a lot of people out there. Yeah. So let's just say that I feel prompted to deal with that person. Now let me show you how, how it's going to work. If I can get that person to believe, 
that the power of God is real and build up their faith a little bit, then of course I also have to believe as a, as, as a believer, because I'm a believer, those that believe shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Yeah. But it also says that the ones that don't believe will be damned and the ones that believed will be saved. And that word saved includes healing. So the person has to believe, but the person praying for them, the the Christian has to believe. And now let let me help you with something so you understand. The more you can get them to believe and get their faith up, then... Uh, for, for, for lack of a better way to say it, it's not really the best way to say it, but it's hard, it's hard otherwise to explain it. If I can get their faith high enough, it's not as much pressure on my faith. Because God's just looking for faith. Do you understand? But what if I can't get that person to believe? What if they're very anti the gospel? What if they hate everything to do with Jesus? What if they've had a bad experience in their past? And I can't get them to believe then the only way that they're going to get healed is it has to be more or less all on my faith. I have to, they might just, the fact that they let me pray for them is their act of faith, but it may only be 1% of the total. If they'll just let me pray, that is them to some measure saying, okay. But that could be 1%. But that means I have to really understand my dominion and my authority and believe with all my heart and my faith can overwhelm their unbelief to a measure. Are you with me? And I've noticed a lot of time when I'm walking around life and I'm busy, I don't have half an hour to try to get them to believe. And they hate church and they hate Christians. Some people that are bitter, not everybody. So unless I really understand this with great dominion and great authority, I know I believe when I lay my hands, that's to listen to me. And I'm not talking about the special anointing on my life that's different. I'm just talking about as a regular Christian. If I can really believe that when I lay my hands on them, God will, even if they don't fully believe, it would be better for them to bring their faith up. But to a measure, not always fully, but to a measure, power will flow because I believe. The more I can get them to believe, the power will flow even stronger. But I don't always have that time. So sometimes I just have to release my own faith, which means you've got to learn how to, you've got to believe. You've got to meditate on this until it's so strong in you that you've got anointings on your life. You've got a name of Jesus. You've got authority in that name. If you command things, they will obey you. If you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. If you believe it, even if the person's struggling, a measure of power will still be released. But can I tell you something? That is one flow of God because that is what we do as we will. I don't need God to be involved. If somebody's sick, I can just go minister to them. Now, the Holy Ghost tells me not to. That's different. But most times, he's not going to lead me not to help somebody. So I'm just going to go. But but that's not really him showing up by his sovereignty. That's just me engaging the power of God because I've got faith. And if they can believe and release whatever little faith they've got, it's going to work even greater. If they can't believe, it's all on my faith. If you don't really believe this and they don't believe it, you might as well not even pray for them. Nothing's going to happen. But if they don't believe it, but you really believe it, you can overwhelm some of that. And if, they'll, if you can get them to believe just a little bit more, plus what you believe, man, the power of God will move. But that's that flow. But I'm not talking about that flow. That's not what we're praying for. That's what, not what that anointing came to pray for. That's the regular flow. But there's another flow. It's as the Spirit wills. It's called the gifts of the Spirit. That's when you go up to somebody and the Holy Ghost highlights them to you and that sometimes you feel the compassion, sometimes you don't, but it's an indicator, but it's not always needed. But you just, and all of a sudden, you just are drawn to them and you minister to them. You don't need to ask them if they've got faith. It doesn't matter if they've got faith. It doesn't, are you listening to me? 
This is this, this eight-week summary in five minutes. It doesn't even matter if you've got faith. When the gifts of the Spirit operate, they operate through you. You're a conduit and that's it. They operate through you as a gift to that person. God is giving them something for free. They don't need to have faith. If they do, great, but they don't need it. You don't need to have a lot of understanding of your dominion or power or anything. It's just, he's just using you and you just pray and you can, and it's a different kind of anointing. It's a different kind of sense, but it just goes right into them and they're healed. That's called the gifts of healings as the spirit wills. Then uh, miracles, a miracle of healing is of the creative order. They don't have an arm and the arm grows. That's a miracle because of the creative order, but it's in the healing category. And then just miracles are things like things that are not to do with the body being restored, but they're just miraculous things. People levitating and, you know, storms obeying us and things like that. Do you understand? But I'm talking about mainly healings. So those gifts of healings will heal any disease, whether the person's got faith or not, and whether you're really where you should be at in your faith or not, because God's using you simply to give them a free gift. But he chooses when that happens, not you. Do you understand? It's as the Spirit wills. That's what Dad Hagen was saying, as the Spirit wills. Now, I can go to anybody, unless he tells me not to, but most times he won't, and say, can I pray for you? If I can get you to believe it, it's going to help this, but I'm going to use my faith, my dominion, and I'm going to minister healing to you. That's not as the Spirit wills, it's as I will. (laughs) But now, if the Holy Ghost comes on me, whether I've got faith or not, whether they've got faith or not, if he's just using me, it just just go right into them. Those are called the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of healings and the working of miracles. What we're praying for is that those gifts, as the Spirit wills, will operate more. Because the more we hunger for them and earnestly covet them and pray for them like Acts 4, the more the Spirit will choose or will to manifest them in our midst and through us. And I've noticed something, Greg, with, with, the, with the way society is today, to try to sit down and talk to people and get them to believe doesn't always work. And I'm trying to get believers to believe, because remember that other flow, you've got to believe or they've got to believe or both of you got to believe, but you, somebody's got to believe. And I'm trying to get believers to believe, but sometimes it's hard to get every believer to believe what they need to believe. And then to get the sinner to believe is very hard. So while that is a great flow, you can do it at will, if we can get the gifts operating more, it would bypass your lack and would bypass their lack. And all of a sudden, it would just be and people would just be healed because God is allowing that by his will at his discretion, by his sovereignty, he's saying, I'm choosing to do this. Yes, I know that they should have their faith higher because they've been sitting in that church and listening to that screamer preacher Craig, but they haven't built their faith and they're not really what there should be. But you know what? I'm going to bypass them all together and just do that gift right through them. I know the sinner, you know, they should be releasing something because their grandma's been praying for them for 30 years and they did go to church as a Baptist boy, but they're not releasing any faith, but that's okay. I'm bypassing them and I'm bypassing the promise of life. Or here's the gift. And before you know it, people are just starting to heal like that, heal like that, heal like that, heal like that. Because God, by his will, chose to give the gifts. But let me tell you, that's what we're praying for. Because it causes it to happen faster. It causes it to be more dramatic. And you'll get more fruit that way. We always know that there's the other flow of if we'll believe and or they'll believe. But there's a stronger and higher flow, which is called the gifts of the Spirit. But it's as he wills. But the more we pray, the more he'll say, okay. 
And then you'll see that thing just fall right through you. It's amazing. And then you'll get more people healed faster. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't build your faith. Don't use the gifts as a crutch. And that doesn't mean that they shouldn't get saved and then build their faith. But I'm just saying gifts cause things to happen faster and more dramatically. And it's scriptural, Pastor Happy, because they prayed for signs and wonders, which in the Greek means the working of miracles. And they prayed for healings. They prayed for God to operate by the gifts. So it's scriptural to pray. It's as he wills, but we have a right to pray. We can't make it happen, but the more we pray, the more he will will it to happen. He will see our honor and hunger and he'll say, okay. They prayed in Acts 4 and Acts 5 explosions. Dad Hagen calls it explosions of our mightiness. Explosions, explosions, because they prayed. So I'm not saying don't use your faith to pray for people. That's always the base flow. But we need to get not just that flow. We need to get this other flow going where the gifts of the Spirit just fall on congregation members in all manner of circumstances. You say, but I want the gifts to come on me in the service. The power gifts are not going to come on you in the service because that's not, that's not the flow for you to be ministering in the service like that. The other gifts, the vocal gifts may come on you in the service to give a word, a prophecy or tongues interpretation. But these power gifts that he said, pray for the power gifts more than ever. This doesn't operate on you in the sanctuary. It might operate on the ministry people in the sanctuary. This operates on you when you're pumping gas at the Shell station. This operates on you at Walmart. This operates on you in your workplace when somebody comes in with COVID and then the Holy Ghost says, go lay hands on them, and you just, and just falls right out of you and heals them. See, this is operating on you everywhere you go. But the more we pray, the more God will bypass your lack and just give you power. Because people need to see power. So we need both flows. You to build your faith, but we need more gifts of the Spirit. We need as our, we will, by us choosing to lay hands, but in terms of releasing our own faith, but we also need it by His will, where He just says, do it. You maybe haven't built everything up exactly the way you should have, and maybe they're not doing everything they should have, but I'm going to bypass all your failures because I need them healed. You know why? Because you're praying in your church for the community to be touched by my power. So I'm going to overlook a lot of infractions and I'm just going to drop gifts on people. Just drop gifts on people. Just drop gifts on people. And people start getting healed out there in the community and they say, who are you? Who are you? You better tell them because for you to have that and then not tell them where to come and hear the gospel themselves and not come and learn how to be discipled under this message of faith and not bring them into promise of life, that would be wrong. Well, you, 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 some people say, well, pastor, there's a lot of churches. Yes, there's a lot of churches, but not everybody teaches what we teach. So to get people saved and then put them in a church that is going to teach them and God put sticks on them to teach them something would be wrong. They've got to be in the kind of flow that we have if they're going to maintain this kind of faith. So you, you minister to them and then you hand them a card. You don't pressure them, but you say, come. Hallelujah. Do you understand? There's different flows of the power of God. It's not all one way. We need more of God just showing up. Amen. Not, not an excuse for you to be lazy in your faith, but we need a flow of God just saying, yes, sir. that's what we need, Jenny. When I'm on the mission field, I see it like that more than teaching them to release their faith because there's so many people to help. 
There's so much to do that's overwhelming how much their need there is. And I don't always have the time to labor with people to get them to release their faith. So I just start releasing my faith, but because God just needs those people to get healed and he's going to bypass my infractions and my lack and my where I'm not where I need to be in my revelation of dominion, he just bypass me and I'll use my faith as far as it can go. And then the gifts just go and you see 150 people healed instantly. And I've seen that happen over and over and over and over and over again in the mission field. It doesn't happen as much in this church because I'm teaching you. So God expects you to release your faith because you've been taught. But people out there, they haven't been taught. They haven't been hissing to what I've been preaching. You have, but they haven't. So God will just give them a gift through you. It happens, bang. Sometimes it will shock you more than it shocks them. Oh my God, you're healed? But what happened? I didn't hardly do anything. It's called the gifts of healings. That's what we have to pray for, Brother Dan. For Inverness, that's what we have to pray for. I know they've been laboring for years the old-fashioned way. And there's nothing wrong with tracks, and there's nothing wrong with all those things. But we need more than a track handing out in Inverness. We need the power of God that just starts to pop. And people go, what is this? Well, if you go to that church over there, they'll teach you. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I could, I, Lord, I love this subject. I could go all afternoon on this. But I can see that the chickens are in the pot. And the turkeys are in the roaster. The grilled cheese is on the grill and the people are salivating. Father, they need to leave to get their lunch. But I thank you for what we shared today by the Spirit, that they see what you're planning, what you're doing, that there's an anointing to pray for these gifts, that you're going to do amazing things in the future. The best days are yet to come. We've all been marked out for God. We've been marked out with specific assignments. We're going to find those and do them with all our heart. We're going to stay connected. And we're going to start to pray under that glorious anointing that makes it easy to pray. We're going to pray like Dad Hagen said, like Acts 4 said. We're going to pray for the miracles of God and the healings of God to not just come in the one flow of faith, but to come by the gifts so that it can happen more and more dramatically without as much hindrance. So we thank you, Father, for the days ahead are bright. This church's future is bright. These people's future are bright. We're going on with you, Jesus, and we're not going to be afraid. We're going to see great power demonstrated to our, our society. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us through these services. Thank you, Lord, for hungry hearts to receive it. As they leave today, know that their pastor, Jenny and I, we love them. We bless them. We're so grateful for their faithfulness. We're so grateful for their love. My cup runneth over. When I think about promise of life, my cup runneth over. Bless them, Father. Let them know how much they're loved by you and by me. In Jesus' name.